0: Hello.
1: Hello. How you doing?
0: I am back. I am back.
1: It's good to be back.
0: Can I open with uh, some some words of wisdom for I this? Try. Okay. Here, Do you have any? Here goes. Ready. In ancient times, hundreds of years before the dawn of history, lived a strange race of people, <laughs> <No>. the Ventrue. <laughs> no one knows who they were or what they were doing. But their legacy remains. Hewn in the living rock. It was.
1: Stonehenge. Tripping. Aww. <laughs> <boss. laughs>
0: because that's See, what we really exactly talking about. That's what here. you were
1: thinking of. <laughs> that's, that's what we're
0: talking about here, isn't it? That's what we're
1: it, talking Rave. about with our, with our Joker album, which was the um, album by Battlesnake, who. Are a bunch. It, it, it has the energy of a university review trying to be spinal tap. Well, look, I, I sort of look, and you, you realise, look, that absolutely that
0: there's a there's a bit going on here, and I sort of thought, imagine. I thought it's <laughs> entirely made of bits. <laughs> I, I, imagine if you went to a concert like where there was sort of. You know, video like blood running down the walls and big, you know, devil horns in the background and slightly small um, paper mache snakes all over the stage. There was and, a Stonehenge you
1: know, monument on stage that was in danger of being crushed by a DeWolf.
0: <laughs> that, that, like, I could not get it out of my head the whole time. And it's absolutely... And look, there's some really good playing on this But that's stage. the bit.
1: They, they are in on the bit. They get the bit. They are here to do the bit. But... It's really very stupid. I don't think they quite land the
0: bit. It's it's it, it's too much. Yeah, that's right. It's just a little bit too far. No, fun. they're like just not
1: quite fucking smart enough to do the yeah, jokes well. Yeah, and it just ended up being asinine. Yeah, and like stupid. you just
0: don't care enough. Like by the time we get to Battle Snake, you know, which is you know yes. glorious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you know, even when they come in, you know, and with Genesis 2 and, you know, and The Vomit. Yeah. And then it came up on the playlist like, I am The Vomit. I'm like, of course yes. you oh, fucking I'm are. The vomit. Oh. It, like, The thing it is, is a though,
1: lot of- I, I, it reflected on me when I, when I heard the new, the, the, on my uh, release radar, there was a new King Gizzard track. And <sighs> they've, they go, they're they doing Thrash again. And they did Thrash in, like, 2019. They tend to rotate around the drummers they want to play. And they did a Thrash album in 2019, which I found fucking laughable because it was just so... It was just angry versions of their normal shit. Yeah. They didn't really grasp what the point of Thrash was. And this almost felt like a parody of that Thrash album. I don't think that's what they intended to do, but to me it kind of was received as though they were doing a parody of King Gizzard's ni- 2019 Thrash album. Because it was so ridiculously over the top, and the, the metaphors were just so impossibly. Like strung out to the point of breaking.
0: I still reckon though, if you turned up to a venue one night with the intention of getting on the beers, and these guys were there giving it the the full send, you know, histrionics. Um, I think you'd have a fucking. I think you'd have a fucking great time. Like I think because you wouldn't just, you wouldn't be able to stop laughing. Yes, yeah,
1: as long as they're not in their Y fronts like they are in their photo. Well, musically they're really strong. Like I didn't, I didn't. I mean, and vocally they suck. But musically, like they can, yes. they can do all the stuff you want of oh, a uh, of a kind of a traditional heavy metal band from like 1982.
0: And there's no there's no histrionics. Like the songs get in, they solo away, and they get the fuck out. Like there's no, you know, there's no chaff in this album. It is exactly, yeah. You know, Apart
1: exa- from the lyrics, which are asinine.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, stupid. But, but then, and then deliberately so and then this is the thing. This is a performance piece. It's not an album that you would go back and ever choose to listen to because once you've listened to it for the first time, you've heard all the dirty yeah. jokes and they're not funny anymore. And you just um yeah, they're funny once and then you don't laugh no. the second time. And it's funny because it's just so fucking ludicrous. But it's at least at least it's done with that kind of awareness that this is a bit and this is a thing and it's it's a bit of performative art. And as as that Maybe it, it works on some kind of juvenile level and the Stonehenge thing is- Where the know, demons dwell. You know, 40 years too late. Where the banshees live and yeah, they do like, live but, well. But at least I reckon- a they man get, is a man they, they're in on they're, they're in on the joke and they, they realise yeah. they are the joke. Well,
1: no, they've gone out of their way to be the joke, but if you're going to do that, you yeah. kind of have to have yeah. good jokes. And I feel like they didn't quite Yeah, well- as They needed to be funnier. If they were trying to be Spinal Tap, I mean, yeah. then these guys definitely aspire to be. They needed to- um, Or yeah. even fucking- Nashville Pussy or some other terrible fucking.
0: There were plenty oh, of even you go back to the yeah you know, we talk there. about the triple J acts, then yeah you know, machine gun fellatio and all that sort of stuff were yeah. deliberately kind of over the top you know, in ridiculous just to be shocking and to be it wasn't that the music was yeah. that great it was just a bit that they did pretty well they they or led even right into it and
1: or yes. regurgitator I- when they were doing jokes because they they refused to be in, with the last serious regurgitator song that uh, never existed I can't think of a single song where they were trying to they weren't trying to make some kind of comedic <laughs> right. point but
0: as I, I kept thinking th- throughout the the review of these albums and while these guys kind of get that that they're the joke and it's part of the joke the next album hasn't figured that out at all like the dozer album is very very non-self-aware I think
1: Dozer belonged to a I, I, I like the school of of, of Swedish um, early or stoner slash desert rock revivalists. But revivalists probably isn't fair because they're not that. They haven't. They weren't that long after yeah. the original desert rock bands, where like Kaios mm. and fucking Fu Manchu, and then obviously Queens of the Stone Age and guys like that. Um, like bands like Truck Fighters, I suppose. But. Um, I don't think it can be a rev- revival if it's like within the same five years. But they're, they're basically the, the gig. Ge- the gig with Dozer is that it's big hairy men playing big hairy riffs. It's meant to be kind of galactic scale. It's meant to be sort of epic space opera. It's, it's fucking sounds. Muse,
0: muse on... No. yeah, Muse and queens of the Stone Age yeah, kind yeah, of. Muse are I, a bit
1: more kind of ludicrous, and this is just kind of heavy and immense. Well,
0: I, I mean, I found it pretty ludicrous. I just—they I, were all. The, I'm sure there were all these really deep lyrics in there, and I couldn't hear fucking any of them. Like it's dominated by this sort of. Oh, I just—I just got to the end of it and going, "What did I just listen to?" Like I just wasn't sure what riff, I was. Listen
1: to Riffs, man. Listen to big heavy Men. No, heavy no
0: I just don't. I just don't know that they're—they're they're, they're, they're sort of, they're, but there are lots of riffs jammed into the same space, and I just—I came away from it thinking it's—it's it's all just. Uh, just it just seems to meander, and I realise that's what desert oh, rock and all that sort of stuff. England needs a new
1: pope. There's going to be white smoke coming out the <laughs> yeah. top of the MCC but, pretty shortly. Yeah. But, yeah. In, in four days' time, when this podcast gets posted, this will seem completely irrelevant. But there's your timestamp. Oh, well, so yeah. I was interested in this because this kind of tells me whether you're susceptible to desert rock, and it sounds like you're not. Not because I am a massive sucker for this sound, not particularly this band, yeah. But I will listen to three hours of Fu Manchu or some, I love that, that um, monster magnet kind of deep, chunky groove kind of stuff. This album took three listens to, to stick to me. And yeah. it, it hasn't stuck very well. It's like a like a reused fucking post it note, so it's only just slightly sticky.
0: I definitely couldn't get through three listens yeah. of this album because even by the time I got, I sort of saw, oh yeah, I've got two tracks to go, and the second last one is seven minutes long, and the last one I was like, and, I, and as it turned around, I saw like eight thirty four. I went, of course you're fucking eight thirty four long because I've, I know you're like it's just gonna. I don't know because like, it's a
1: forty two minute album with seven songs on it. Yeah, that's, right. that's the I thing. Just, it's an album. You just go, okay, I've got a forty two minute album. There might be arbitrary cut points in between them, but it's just an album. You know,
0: that's just. I think the, the closest I ever got to this is probably like you know, yeah. um, no one knows. Like Queens of the Stone Age is kind of my peak point because it's kind of still a, a, a it's still got and it's a, it's a cohesive unit. As so I said, it doesn't kind of meander off into. Na- a bit of na- I think it's just sort of you know, navel gazing. Yeah, like it's it's a bit. It's a it's bit quicker
1: too. It, like it's a, it's a very quicker kind of th- it's a quicker thing. I'm not I'm not a stoner, which might make me the only non-stoner who doesn't listen listens to stoner rock. Yeah, uh, but I did drink a lot of beer I and mean, quite a lot of it's heavily hopped. Maybe that counts. Um, it just kind of sits with me quite well. Um, yeah. This this is not trad stoner rock. I mean, there's elements no. of. Almost like on a late grunge, like the harder end of grunge, like your Alice and Chains and your Tool kind of stuff. Uh, reflected on that the last time I listened to it. Um, it. It's, I found it an interesting album. I don't think I liked it. But it's a, but it's a familiar point sound. Point like, and the, that's what
0: I listened to. Yeah, I, I don't this, think I liked I,
1: it to the point of putting it in my top 10. I respected the achievement. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, you wouldn't, have, I mean, I'm not a huge listener to this style, but as soon as I heard the first minute of it i went i don't
1: so you're much more into your thrashy kind, can't your thrashy metal, yeah? well
0: if i want it, yeah i want it to sort of to get in and even
1: you want, you want a bit more pace than kind of heft if that makes sense
0: yeah i i think I, I what i wanted to hear was better more vocal or because i kind of just got lots of instruments and in the middle of it i sort of and then i realized at some points i'd be listening to like three minutes of a song and go oh wait where, where, where'd the vocal go like i just kind of it wasn't like they just took an extended solo. It was kind of like they just they just stopped singing for a while and the, and everything kept going around it. And then, and then it sort of came back in at the end and, and there was a lot of that kind of, you know, let's bring the whole band right back in then it can be really loud, yeah. you know, like as a, as a thing. And I think, yeah, once or twice, yeah, okay, but it kind of it was a recurring theme. I was just like, no.
1: That's kind of a bit in Desert Rock though. And, and to yeah. build it back up from the kind of the driving bass, yeah. I can't remember what which does it rock track that is from. It might be truck fighters, or it might be Fu Manchu, sure can't remember which. Yeah, it's But it's, it's the same kind it's the same kind of thing as that it they really it builds off a big fucking chunky, distorted baseline kind of feel. Uh, and I've always gravitated more to that than, than a than a lead break.
0: Yeah, I, it's 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 just not for me. It's not for me. Like, and then to say, like as I said, I look there's nothing. Really uh, uh, repeatable about that Battlesnake album, but I enjoyed the experience way more of, of that than I did this.
1: That's interesting because I, I thought I found the Battlesnake album ludicrous. Yeah, On this last lesson I went, okay, they're they're musically better than I thought, but I yeah. I marked them down so much for their
0: yeah fucking oh, asinine. Yeah, yeah and, and me too. But but at least to me, it had a it had an overarching theme and it, it was an unrelenting commitment to the bit, whereas this. <laughs> I just never got the, un, you know, I, I just never got a sense of what I, I, I was being I respect,
1: told. I respect respecting the bit. I think that's yeah. cool. But it's interesting that, that what you have told me is that you are a uh, a new wave of British heavy metal head, um, and you didn't realise it. And and uh, that that's oh, and I probably
0: realised it. And, I, and I, I've said to a long time to people for all their their faults and all that. The reason why Metallica are still an ongoing thing as a, a thrash metal, whatever you want to yeah. call them, but they, they are driven by a Occ- occasionally.
1: Melody. Remember, they're a thrash metal band and not a fucking a gurning, a gurning metal band.
0: They're driven by a melody and they're driven by a repeatable, rememberable riffs. Like every every Metallica song that is big, and there's quite yeah. a few of them, you can remember something about the vocal and you can remember something about the riff, and it never, you know, it it it. it even if it varies from that, it gets back to it eventually, you know. So in their eight-minute, you know, epics of, you know, the, the master of That's the one thing I learned from stuff. Motorhead. Yeah, like, and it's worked for them. It was so, to have and riffs
1: and have, and have, like,
0: vocals of people. But when them. you go and see them and you see the bands that support them, and when I went and saw them, it was like Lamb of God and all that sort of stuff. You listen to them and think, yeah, look, you're a good metal band, but the reason why you're not as big as those guys is because you haven't figured out how to do, they do time in, time out, you know. And also because you weren't big in, because- in, in
1: 1988, and that was a really good time to be big as a metal band, because it's a little bit like yeah, wait, why the Beatles are so big, because they were big at the time where all the boomers were young.
0: No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love another band to come out and be like the Beatles now. I just, I,
1: Yeah, but I don't think- you're never going to get that, because it's- um, you can say the Beatles are good, bad, or different, and the same with the Stones, but- the fact that they are so big has so much to do with the population effects and the media effects that were around at the time. Is that there was a choke point in terms of the amount of music that was, that was available to people. True,
0: but I, but I like, wasn't around then. We have no.
1: so much music available to us today. But I but no- I
0: wasn't around at that time, and I I know. Still but, love but but the the you have shit the historical. Out of a, a lot of their uh, stuff. I'm
1: just saying, there's no way you could have a Beatles or a Stones now because there's not the not everyone isn't being channeled through the same narrow media availability. Yeah. Um,
0: that's that's kind true. of that's joke. There's no mystique the There's no mistake about it. I guess the only mystique is like the Beyonce performative art kind of thing. Yeah, correct? you have to
1: create that. Yeah. But even so, I mean, there's. I have never heard a Taylor Swift song in my fucking life. Never.
0: Oh, God, I have. Uh, not not, not <laughs>
1: to the point of I me mean, going, oh, that must be a Taylor Swift song. I've never heard one. He's the interesting thing I all think all about Taylor my
0: Swift is the, the evolution of Taylor Swift because you know, I've, I've listened to quite a bit of her music, to either secondhand or, or deliberately.
1: Yeah, but you have a teenage and, uh, daughter. So, well, and, that's right.
0: And look, she, yeah. she loves the shit out of, uh, of her answer twice this. And this isn't a like,
1: comment about how good Taylor Swift is or no, isn't. This look, isn't. No, much. Taylor Swift I, I've is- I've been able to live my life in a way that I haven't actually- I haven't, unless I would physically press the button on Spotify and say, play me Taylor Swift, I haven't been in a position to listen to any Taylor Swift. I don't go into shops and yeah. play her stuff. I,
0: here's the interesting thing I find about about Taylor Swift that I noticed. I said to her this about the other day, and actually, believe it or not, the idea came from listening to a, an interview with fucking Billy Joel of all people who were talking about his music. And someone's, I think it might have been a Howard Stern or something, was talking about, um, he said, now, we didn't start the fire.
1: This is—is it, is it any surprise that Adam was listening to an interview with Billy Joe? Well,
0: and I think it just came across you know, Instagram or something. I forget how they were yeah. singing
1: him a song. He's the piano man.
0: Oh well, every fucking time it gets requested in pubs. Yes, uh, but anyway, I had another. venue I still remember canceled. the friends
1: of rum shirt. Sing us a song. You're the piano cunt.
0: Yeah, I, I, I had another. <laughs> it venue, made no sense, but it was funny. I had another venue cancel a plea plan gig on because I wasn't. I was quote not the kind of guy. That would do their thing. And everyone says, oh, yeah, we just don't want piano guys. And I'm like, really? Because every time I go into a venue, they request fucking Piano Man, whether they're fucking 18 or 80. Mm-hmm. Like the 18-year-olds want to hear me play Piano Man. So tell me who's the – for the cunt. but anyway, I'm bitter and twisted and that's fine. But anyway, I think Stern said to Billy Joel, you know, oh, we didn't start the fire – is not one of your favourite songs, but you play it. He said, Well, I still play it live. He it's said, because I have
1: to remember all the lyrics. There's so much shit that was relevant in 1989 that is not relevant now.
0: Yeah. But what he sort of said was, He said, it's, he said I real play it still because it's a popular song. He said, But it's really not a melody for the ages. He said, I'm a, It's Hammer Heart, I'm a melody writer. And when yeah. you listen to that song, it's like da 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 da. Yeah. And some of you when you go back to his back catalog and see some of the great melodies that he's written. Yeah. And I said to my daughter, I said I feel the same way about what Taylor Swift's producing at the moment. It's very monotonal. It's very like her sort of talk singing a lot of it, and then there's a a cute little chorus at the end of it with some sort of beat. And that's not she present feels. in her early stuff. That's but that's not present in her early country yeah, or even in probably her transition didn't have stuff. The fucking no, uh, because she did write melodies. Like her her country stuff and her early sort of stuff all have fantastically hooky melodies. You look at Shake It Off, even, you know, which is probably the biggest pop release of the whole thing. That's a fantastically catchy riff and melody, and you know, it's repeatable and it's got this sort of rise and fall and you know the way it uses. Whereas now it's just gone to this kind of monotonal, you know, almost drone sort of, which is taking it into that Rufus Dussault kind of, you know, the national kind of areas, I guess. And I just wonder what it is about that sound that really attracts people. Because it doesn't attract me at all. But I can kind of respect the art form because she makes it sound better than anybody else. Because that's why well, she's I still- say, if you're
1: attracted to, to women of that age, we've got a problem. But then, nah. then she's 33.
0: Yeah, right. So- she's- yeah. So anyway, that's She's still that, a that, fucking
1: that. kid. No, it's a fair. It's it. I think the music podcast that discusses the most important, most culturally relevant musician about Tom is probably fair enough.
0: No, and look, if you want to, that's right. If you want to listen to whatever you want to listen to, go um, and listen to it.
1: Sorry, I got I got distracted by a cricket score again.
0: Uh, we're still they're still two for, aren't they?
1: Uh, yeah, they better so, first. They'll, they'll put up four hundred and bowl again tonight. Yeah,
0: that's right. If, we, if they if they only put up three hundred, then they've lost. That's right. Full disclosure, this week I bought tickets to the Foo Fighters uh, in Brisbane. On my birthday, actually. Uh, was it on the basis of this album? No, it wasn't. I, I lived in it. And it was on the basis of, in the same basis of why I go and see Metallica, is that I know that there's a whole bunch of songs that I know of theirs that they are going to play the shit out of live and where everybody will jump around. And Dave Grohl is really enigmatic and it's a great big you know, sounding rock show and I will enjoy Dave, it.
1: Dave Grohl is a wonderful front man. Yeah. And and they do a fantastic live show.
0: That's right, and that's so that's why I bought tickets.
1: But this album was not an advertisement for their live show.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like what you said last week was what I went into this album going like saying like I hope this isn't just one big eulogy or one big exercise in monetized
1: grief. And and the problem was that there were songs that were clearly about Taylor Hawkins, almost all of them. And there were songs that well, no, because there were other songs that were more about kind of. Non-descript, like non-specific, yeah. lost love, oh, yeah, failed relationship
0: to every song. You I could, reckon, but then way. it was
1: very obviously about romantic love, and then it yeah. would kind of get weird. And it was like, if this is about Taylor Hawkins, it got a bit weird. Yeah, well, uh, I kind did of not. not like, he might have been. That's great, but I, I've got the Dave Grohl's book here, and I haven't got through it. Yet. I kind um,
0: of looked at. I just felt like I, I kind of hoped. I went into this, I thought, okay. There's going to be some stuff about this, and I hope there's just one absolute fucking, you know, rip snorter banger that when we go and see them live, they put his picture up and they sing this absolute yeah. banger of a song. And everybody gets it all in the. Field. No, I think it's
1: track two. That's the the yeah. one where it was literally about you know we sung songs and smoked cigarettes together and all that kind of stuff. And then that one felt extremely literal about our an talents. Yeah.
0: But the first five songs, you could also sort of make that connection for. And that, and the problem was that there's just there's just no banger on this album and I think and that's oh God, been no. the case of the of the Foo Fighters for a little while and look when you say a little while you mean 20 years yeah well, that's what I said every the, 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 the big the big stuff you know every and look every big rock band has a whole bunch of sixes on their albums, and you know they're, 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 the Foo Fighters aren't any different. The difference is that there's always a couple of nines and tens in there as well. And over the years, they've just stopped making the nines and tens, and it's just all sixes. Paul Jam
1: didn't.
0: Ten. Oh, poor Jam dropped the four, but you know. Yeah. But, yeah, but they, they, did, they look, didn't
1: do one ten. It was their first album. At, yeah, that's right.
0: Of course, at its core. This isn't a objectionable album. It sounds like the Foo Fighters. It's got that same Foo Fighters sound. It's got a couple yeah. of little quirky things. It's got Dave Gold's voice, although I do have a bit of an issue with some of that as well.
1: I have an issue with the production of it because the whole the thing is that basically production of a Foo Fighters album of the last 20 years involves let's just put all the sliders up to the top and just have him shouting a lot. It's just shouty yeah. songs at a loss. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's like, this is not, no, no. Dave Grohl has a good voice. Except for the voice. last song where they brought everything down. to Nothing. And then I'm being sad because it's a sad song. Yeah. Like a couple of times, even
0: in the first song, it's like this in his voice. And I'm thinking, now when yeah. Dave Grohl is playing live and he's busting you know, several veins in his throat, I don't mind that, but I thought that would be gone out of the, the recorded sound. And it's not. Yeah. It's a choice he's making to sing like that. And it doesn't. And it's sound a choice good. they're making
1: in production to make yeah. every and channel clip. Yeah. Because they are pushing everything into the red.
0: Yeah, and it's not... Which
1: does not make it listenable. It, it,
0: look, it's not an album I would go back and listen to. I'm probably going to have to figure no. out. I, I was going to go and look tonight at seeing what their set list looks like for the, the tour because that's what I'm going to get. And look, I will come away from the... Oh,
1: it'll be one song off each of the last ten albums and then a whole lot of fucking colour and the shape. Yeah, it'll be... Yeah, yeah.
0: And here's the thing I kind of thought to myself when I was thinking, why isn't there... This banger of a song that sort of describes how he feels and why, rather than split up ambiguously, ambiguously, ambiguously over, imagine ambiguously. that. Ambiguously. Um, over over five songs. And the reason is I think he's already written it because I went back and listened to Everlong play live as an acoustic y sort of thing at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. And there's the song that's kind of about love and loss and he you know, kind of and pre-mourned a pre-mourned. Well, I, I think that like was written about a 25 years. I think it was written about a marriage breakup or something like that. And I kind of well, no, he's know.
1: been with the same bird for forever. No, but I thought yes, that I don't understand why he has he has so many songs about broken love and all that kind of stuff because no. he's been with the same woman for an incredible no, it long was, time. he wasn't. In fact, I'm pretty sure his daughter is on vocals on one of the tracks. Yeah,
0: no, it, it was Everlong. Everlong's about the divorce yeah. with his wife, but it was in 1996. So, I mean, it was a while ago. But that's when. But that's that's the kind of, that's what I kind of feel like that that that's him. That's that's him as raw as it kind of gets. And the yeah. rest of it is just kind of, this feels just like a therapy dump. It's all my yeah. thoughts at the moment onto, uh, and then let's make some riffs and we'll put one in seven because we always have a song in seven. And then you know, it's it, it just doesn't just doesn't work, but it kind of feels maybe it's like the thing that he had to do to get himself, get his ass back on stage and do it. It's like, okay, I've done yeah. what everybody wants me to do. This
1: really feels like the, the album you write to, to justify going out and tour. The one that annoyed me the most was The Teacher, which is the 10-minute song. It got a lot of hype, and they wrote this 10-minute power ballad and then couldn't figure out how to end it. So they just kind of dribbled into static and they did a dead stop. I was like, you had ten minutes to figure out how to finish this song. Why? Just end it with that.
0: And the and the real reason is is that most ten minute songs probably should have ended after four. And that's yeah. why yeah uh, Well,
1: it was yeah. one of those songs where there's like a front end and a back yeah, end. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's like two The different- Magnum Opus. And the only thing and that's yeah. why it's the fucking, you know the rock. It's opera. not at the wrong it's the, the wrong end of the album. And like yeah, even even uh, Bohemian Rhapsody only goes for seven. So
1: well, the MC Five can write a rock opera in three minutes. You can do it in less than ten minutes. It's
0: like, yeah, it's just, I, I, just, I look, yeah,
1: it's hard not to feel that this is monetized grief. Yeah, and
0: I, I kind of like, I, I kind of, I dig the music as far as it sounds like a Foo Fighters album. And it feels like a, a bit of a warm hug in that it's very familiar, but it's not a good one, and I don't no. like, I don't feel, I don't feel any better about this album. And I kind of was listening to it going. Well, I, I just don't want to listen to this anymore because it just has nothing that grabs me. And and I went back and listened to some other stuff, and I was just like,
1: "Yeah, it's a sad reflection of where they were." But there's
0: thing. also no riffs on it.
1: No, it's it's a lot there's of no guitar hooks. noise.
0: And you you go but you go back and listen to Everlong. Has got that kind of chord. and I love Everlong. I play Everlong all the time because I just love playing it and singing it, and hearing it. It's just a, a really. But you know, times like these, and and then even his vocal sort of delivery. You know, um, the I love the shit out of um. Best of you, because it's just his voice at the start, and it's so... Well,
1: th- th- that was where he started doing that kind of yeah. shouty songs of loss, which is kind of how I've described the last 20 years. He's doing a lot of that in this album. He's not using his vocal range. But it
0: worked in some... Yeah. You, know, you listen to, like, Pretender, which is my one of my... Because it's just a wall of fucking sound. I think even yeah. the video is basically him presenting a wall of fucking sound against the onslaught, yeah. and I get well, that. Well, we're talking about songs from 20 years ago. That's right. It? and it's, uh, Well, I, yeah, probably. I think I remember... Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, one,
1: um, one by one is this, is twenty oh one, and that's and the one. The with Pretend the All My Life and the Pretender? I think the pretender's all Pretender letter.
0: is two thousand and seven. Yeah, so that's fifteen oh, years that's, ago. I said
1: that might be off. Um, Echoes, okay. patience, silence, and grace. Yeah, echoes. Um, that was the one with the song for the Beaconsfield Miners. I think. <laughs> um, but that was the that was the album after the terrible one that had like one loud, one soft. It was the worst thing they ever did. Uh, really yeah. bad.
0: So look, I am going to I am going to love the shit out of the Foo Fighters concert because it's just it, it's just a good show. And I'll I'm, I'm-
1: be great. They'll turn up. and They'll play Monkey Wrench. They'll play fucking. This is the call. Um, you know, they'll do all the stuff you want them to do, and they'll do fuck all of this.
0: I want them to play "Rope" because that song fucking rocks. Like it's, you know, and no, no one knows it, but it's just it's their be- It's one of their best songs. And
1: I would. They don't tend to do the Friends of wrong thing where you they tend to be like we're going to play a bunch of random shit you've not heard for years kind of thing. Well, kind you of. Know.
0: "Rope" is one of those songs. It's a bit. It's their muso song. You know, like all the musos go, "Wow, that song's fucking cool" because it just what's man. "Rope" off. Uh, I don't know. it was one of the ones that da- it was Dave um, Letterman's. You know, because it was his favorite song, and he got it. He they always played it every time. It was off seventh track on the seventh studio album, Wasting Light. Oh, yes.
1: There you go. Wasting Light was a good album. That was like 2011. That was my la- the last album of that, I- that I thought, that's
0: yeah. really good. Like, end to end, really good. Yeah, R- Rope's a really fucking good song. But it never really got, uh, it never sort of took off because I think it was, uh, like, it came after, like, they wrote it while they were on Echo's tour. Like So I think it yeah. was one of those. Yeah, but it's got that, yeah, it says, you know, some acts that have been noted as influence on the song include Rush and Led Zeppelin. It's really got that kind of feel. But, yeah, it, but it, it's not one, like, I know the guys who are in the band, they they used to play and they learned it and all that sort of stuff, and it just never went over like it wasn't. You know, if you're going to play a Foo Fighters song and you're not playing you know, why don't you play Monkey Wrench or something like that? You know, that's the kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We, we are whereas, seven albums deep in this album's this band's career while we playing an album whereas, track. Like, off a,
0: yeah, well, no, yeah. it was it was the lead single off that album, but it just never really took off like the other. They never got a lot of radio play. But as I said, it was the real, it was the real Musos track. So, um, but that's the one. So I, I hope they go. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, and I'll, I'll look for Foo Fighters set lists uh, to see what they're playing at the moment because they've started. And they've got their new drummer. Who? Um,
1: yeah, they got Josh Freese in, who I think is. I feel like he's played for literally every grunge band in history. I think He played for Velvet Yeah, suicidal Nola tendencies,
0: and, and, and all that sort of. You know, who else? Guns is that? and
1: Roses. I yeah, like involved he's involved in fucking in, yeah, Guns and Roses. The fucking other the um, Chris
0: Cornell. Yeah.
1: Tracy. Yes, that, yes, I was going to well, say there was a pud- Soundgarden. Puddle of the Rob
0: Zombie. He's three fucking doors down, and every Avril Lavigne. He
1: has. He has worked in. He's worked with pretty much everybody. He's
0: the guy, isn't he? Like that's the. He's obviously the the studio museo that you want on your side, and yeah. Like for everybody from, yeah, fucking Nine Inch Nails Records and Guns N' Roses, everybody, Ori fucking, you know, he's the guy, obviously. And, and, you know, not a bad guy to have sort of around because you need that guy with the chops to sort of do Because Taylor was a, a – oh, Taylor's not – he's a good drummer. He's not the best drummer nobody is, really. They don't really need them to be. They just need them to be ta- – and the thing about Taylor is that, and I said he kind of transcended that kind of idea that – the Foo Fighters was just Dave Grohl and change because tell me the name yeah. of another member of the Foo Fighters.
1: Well, particularly like, given that, that he was the drummer in the Foo Fighters and that for the first couple of albums it was just Dave doing the drums and he wouldn't yeah. let anybody else do the drums. He was literally the guy who Dave anointed, like, handed, on, yeah, literally handed on the drums in the most yes. the most important thing in his band is the thing that he uh, was he good at.
0: this kind of, yeah, yeah I, I guess, in, you know, he, he's the Lars of them, except he can actually fucking drum. Yes, um, and he, he isn't. And isn't. sing too. Like, he does a with bel- yeah. uh, uh, that, that, that one where they did well, the- Although
1: I would like him to do a lot less of the shatty. I wonder whether he's ripped his, his vocals out and he oh, has no, to I mean, do that kind I of mean, stuff.
0: I mean, Taylor Hawkins could sing, too. Like, there's a, a great-
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, I've heard his- um
0: His version of rock and roll his, is fantastic. His solo
1: albums are actually decent. Like he has done they were a bit massage, but you know, they were they, they were decent.
0: No, there was there's a where the Foo Fighters perform at like the Led Zeppelin um what do you call the Kennedy presidential honors and they, they play rock and roll and Taylor Hawkins is on lead vocals and Dave Grohl is on drums and it fucking spanks. It it would be the best thing in that whole night.
1: That's probably because Dave Grohl wanted to be John Bottom. Yeah, well, just it, like, good. It,
0: it, it would be the. I mean, that's that's a good concert. That one. It would be the best thing on that concert, except of course that Nancy Hart came on and just ripped the asshole out of Stairway to Heaven in this this yeah. version for the for the ages, basically. You know, with yeah, with the Bottom Kid on drums rock and, and roll's everything. A better
1: song than- Still in oh
0: head. yeah, it's just a straight out banger. Like it's you're just not,
1: you're not supposed to fucking you're not meant to agree with me. That, that's meant to be my no, fucking no,
0: point. way. It's it's no between Still, it and <laughs> rock um, and roll is just a dirty twelve. Yeah, button, please,
1: no one's supposed to agree with the other. No,
0: well, it, it's a, between it and um, immigrant song. It's just like you no, know, oh, showing that these guys are just a hell, fucking rock a and roll band. Yeah, like that. This is they. These guys are not here to fuck around. You know. So
1: Zeppelin opened their like seventies tour of uh, the US with. Immigrant song, yeah. and they, they did like a, a a triple live album called "How the West Was Won." and immigrant song opens it, and it sounds like a nuclear war. Yeah. It is obscenely loud. And, and they were they were. I mean, it's been said before, but they were the first heavy metal band. Yeah, and they didn't and mean to be. With they a just turned out
0: that um, way. a ludicrous big power ballad in the middle of it. You know, like they yes. all do. So it's it's just yeah. One Look,
1: the, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of heroin. That's what oh, happens. Yeah,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and you talk about a song that that you know, an eight minute song that kind of knows what it's doing to get to the end anyway. Like that's that's pretty much it. it as a, as cliche as it is, it still fucking rocks hard when it gets going. So
1: yeah, so that's a song of, almost the boomers have ruined Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you know w- while they've venerated certain bands, they've kind of played the <laughs> ass out of other bands and ruined yeah. them for everybody. <laughs> There's so many things we can blame the boomers for. But, um, and I'm sure that uh, the generations that follow us will blame us for them for a whole lot of stuff as well. Gen X will be worse than Boomers. Oh, what do you mean, will be? Yes. Ah. Anyway, right. I think we've put we've put these albums to bed. Um, did I pick a new album for next week? Oh, I don't know. What do you feel like picking for next week?
0: Well, you because I was going to pick an album, but the more I read about it, the more I just
1: go. Nah. No, no, you, you have to. It's it's your obligation.
0: Oh, I will no, but you go first because no, I'm just no, no, gonna- no, no.
1: As the guest, I insist. <laughs> you
0: must Look, go I'm first. not going to pick. Look, I, after I didn't realize that you actually did a thing. I didn't even realize when you're talking to me about it and going, oh, you know, you're just going to pick fucking the one thing. I will will say. To, to Mr. Beasley about picking fucking Matchbox 20 albums and all that sort of stuff. He'll never listen to this. I, don't worry is I, I will say to this to him. All the bands that he liked when he's, he was young, they're fucking shit now too. hip hop well, The, the resin but, dogs. Well, yeah, like like none of them, every time he, he keeps picking these legacy albums going, oh, I think this is going to be a half to It's not. They're terrible too. Um, They're all terrible because that's just the way music is. is. It's, you know,
1: no, it's not the way music is. It's the way a old age is. You just become washed and terrible at what you're doing, and that's why when a band does a really great album late in their career, mm. we celebrate it on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. Like that, like that Reef album from last year, and like. And I, I need, I need to fucking emphasize this. Like the Metallica album from this year. I was never expecting to say those words, but Metallica are now the fucking clubhouse leader in 2023 for the best legacy album of the year because they came out and said, fuck this, it's 1982 and we're going to thrash. And they proceeded to thrash. And that is cool as shit.
0: Yeah, I wish they had, and I wish they had have done. I wish they had have done more of it, like because it could have been. Or it could have been all time that album. There was enough
1: thrash on there to make me fucking happy.
0: It, it, it's a it's a good album. Like it's a really good album. It yeah. could have been if they had a really lent into the beat. It could have been a fucking great. album. Yeah, but album. I
1: mean it's. Fuck, the last album went for three hours and was yeah, awful. Yeah, no,
0: that, but, see, it, but it lent <laughs> into, into the wrong bit, and that's the problem. Like.
1: Well, it just, it just went into the we don't have a – it was pure Muse theory. It was we don't have a producer and no one's going to tell us shit kind of stuff. All right, what are you going to give us for this <sighs>
0: Well, it or depends. Or do you need more time to It think. depends. Should, oh. we just, should I just lean into the bit? Make a decision. Oh, look, let's lean into the bit then. Let's do it. There is a Ben Folds out five. Ben, no, I wish it was a Ben Folds five album. It's just a Ben Folds album. Ben
1: let's Folds one.
0: <laughs> oh, There's only three in the Ben Folds five, so maybe this is the Ben Fold noughts. Yeah. Or so. Ben Folds one third. <laughs> so let's let's do it. It is uh, yeah, in the midst um, of everything else. <laughs>
1: now, you expressed reservations well, about this based on his... And and I looked it up and I was like, I'm not. I must not have found the bit where he was whether he was being like anti-vax or
0: no. It's not anti. No, no pro- it's Russia. the other way. I think it's going to be like a fuck Trump, fuck the red white. And I just, I, like you said, I think it's uh,
1: on. Our, and uh, based on a theory that anybody who is old enough to have been around to stop this from happening doesn't get to write protest music about it.
0: I think it's yeah. I think it's just one of those things where I, I just don't know what can be yeah uh, yeah. He, like he he's the he's the, here's the, the, the statement like. Indeed, Fold's, Fold's masterful new collection isn't so much a statement as it is an offering, an open hand reaching out to all those wounded and bewildered by a world that seems to make less sense every day. And i like, oh, no. Like, what more can you add to that? Like, it's not like you're telling me anything I don't already know. But look, maybe I, I do, look, I respect the hell out of him as a, as a songwriter. He is a fucking, you know, and, I, and as a classical penis, I sort of aspire to that kind of, Level of cleverness in my playing and, and all that sort of stuff. So what the fuck? Let's just let's give it a go. What matters sure. most by Ben Folds? Um, uh, I
1: think the biggest problem I had with Ben Folds was that he, was that he chose to live in Adelaide.
0: Yeah, well, someone's got a.
1: I mean, do they? Yeah, I would argue there's nothing that that says that they do.
0: No, well, some yeah, you've got to have some bodies. You've got to have bodies to chop up. I like Adelaide. It's all right. It, 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 in a in a you know forty year old with two kids kind of way. I kind of like Adelaide. I, I think if I had to if I was twenty something and you know and independent I probably wouldn't like Adelaide much, but you know, it's okay.
1: Adelaide, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's a fucking hell of a fucking remit, that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm cooked by that. Um what shall we do this week? I actually had one picked and I forgot what it was. But luckily, I get to edit out the bit where I can't remember what it was that I wanted to pick.
0: <laughs> this, is what, this is what we don't do. This no that style where there's cameras. No, on us the No, we're not whole doing this
1: live. Yeah. That's all right.
0: Well, it's, it's
1: the- Should we do the new King Gizad album?
0: Oh yeah, it's, it just came out, hasn't? I, I was looking at it, it's a yeah, it has.
1: And and I I know I've just referenced it, saying that it was you know I distrust their their thrash output. Yeah, I mean, but why not? If anyone's going to respect the thrash output, I mean, Bezo will hate it. So I can't really I can't really. Pick it when he's on the show. At least you might you might respect the, mm-hmm. the thrash component of it. So let's do the new K- the Gizzard album, which is like Petro Dragon fucking Apocalypse or some fucking nonsense. It feels like yeah. a continuation oh, of that stupid trash album they did for 2019. Oh,
0: Petro Dragonic Apocalypse That's or the- Dawn of Eternal Night and Annihilation of Planet Earth and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation with guest vocalist's Battlesnake. It does no. feel... Well,
1: that's what I'm saying, is that, that that Battlesnake album felt like it was taking the piss out of an album that, that you know, that, that Gizzard's last thrash of it. And here it is. But I feel like you know, Gizzard are taking the piss, but are playing it incredibly straight so you can't actually... Yes. Who see knows? That you're maybe
0: in. maybe it's all a bit of a thing, over, who knows? Rightio. So, um, a Joker. Joker album. Yeah. I
1: have a proposal for a Joker album. And sure. that is uh, Jimmy Barnes's... Oh. Fucking rockabilly actor yeah. brainstormers.
0: Why not? That actually sounds fake. It's big uh, Chris Chaney
1: on guitar, yeah. Jules Holland on keys, um, Slim Jim, wow, wow. whatever his name is from the Stray Cats, is involved. Assuming
0: Lockie Dolly is there they're, somewhere they're, on all, back in all kinds and that of, sort of like stuff. It's an all star yeah. thing.
1: I think it was pieced together from bits in a production sense so I don't think they ever got the same room together but it could be quite interesting a lot of it's covers so it doesn't really qualify as a new album but
0: yeah cover yeah cover of Johnny's Gone yeah yeah there's
1: a bit of of Real Wild Child and all that kind of stuff why not? It could be interesting.
0: It's all covers, actually, except for I think there's a
1: few, one or two tracks. Like at least one is a Chris Cheney original.
0: Yeah, the um, the very last song is a Chris Choney original. Uh, the rest of them are not. yeah, a lot of them. Oh, are, there's two. There's one Walker and Barnes.
1: Yeah, but that's probably an old an old Chisel song. I would have thought. Land of Hope and Glory. Don Walker is well, in the,
0: the I think the first song is a is a is a Don Walker cover. Yeah, Johnny's Gone.
1: Yep. Yeah, why not? That sounds cool. Shouts to Grafton. And and that'll be a bit of a... What I like is we've got very different tone for each of the three albums. Ben Folds is not going to sound like King Gazzard doing Thrash, and it's not going to sound like The Barnstormer's doing fucking Rockabilly. Very good. That should keep us happy.
0: All right, well, I'm going to go and watch uh, the last 10 minutes of this session. Uh, England uh, are
1: comfortable enough.
0: Oh yeah! um, If you win the toss and bat two for one hundred and twenty-three, I think you'd be fairly happy. Yeah,
1: but um, by baseball standards, they should be four hundred and six.
0: Yeah, the the fucking just the idea of Zach Crawley scoring runs feels. Yeah, hmm. but
1: if you just go the tonk on on a concrete deck, you you know you'll be. Yeah, that's the thing. If they just make the decks completely concrete, then it literally comes down to who can score the most runs in the shortest amount of time, and that's the point of baseball. Welcome back to our music podcast.
0: It's uh, it's it's not a game until both sides have batted.
1: Yeah. and his friends of Rom said it's not a sport if the other team doesn't want to play. They were talking about duck shooting.
0: Or Jokic. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. When is parade? I just go back
0: when it's parade. I no, back to
1: horses. No, no, I can't do that. No, I, I, I have horse I race. A horse. I need to be towed behind horse and look at horse inos.
0: Because God forbid anybody should take their PTA. <laughs>
1: yes. I I hereby am taking leave from the rest of this podcast. Good night to you and good night to Adam on the other side of the Tasman. Good night to Bezos somewhere in Colorado drinking fucking craft beer with the, the weather is still sober out of the nuggets. Yes. And we will talk to you again next week.
0: Go, cool. cheers. Sure.